Hi guys, this is Headcase. We are here with Remy Casimir. She is a female stand-up comedian and just hilarious. Yeah. Hey. Podcaster. Yeah. I it's inter- why do you feel the need to say female stand-up comedian? I don't know. Don't buy into that. I mean, like, I'm yeah. a comedian. Well, you're a comedian. <laughs> yeah. I think being a female stand-up comedian is even more, it's an even harder area. I feel there are more, yeah. men, more males. And it, is it harder to earn respect as a female comic? It's definitely uh, less common. When I was growing up, there weren't too many female stand-ups to look up to, yeah. especially ones who are, like, similar to me, similar background, yeah. similar face, you know? I kind of didn't think that... Um, being a comic was going to be in the cards for me. It was just kind of, oh, that's something that only like five women do. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, but yeah, now I think it's great. I, I actually talked to this guy when I was starting out and he's like, being a female comic uh, is a good thing right now because you think about how many years, decades of male comedy there's already been. Yeah. That material's kind of spent. You so know, and there's so a lot of stuff from female perspectives that hasn't really been explored yet. Or, um, yeah, yeah. talked about. Yeah. And, and like, th- he gave me an example um, of a sketch that Tina Fey kept trying to put through SNL. And um, it was about a maxi pad and it was like really funny. And it kept going like up the levels, up the levels, up the levels. And then at the top, they'd be like, no. And after the third time, she was she went straight to the top. She was like, why the fuck can't you approve this sketch? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what a maxi pad is. Oh, my God. So there's literally and I've learned also from my podcast, like how how little, you know, women talk about a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And now it's like fun because we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And it kind of shakes things up. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's like it's just more not more creative content, but it's do you want to hear the same old jokes about like my dick or do you want to hear about my vagina? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, true. Yeah. And it kind of sh- well, it shocks people a little bit, which is great, I think. What does? Just putting out that information that p- people don't talk about or hadn't talked yeah, about. Yeah, and besides, like, shocking people, it's important just to, like, have conversations so that other people feel normal about the conversations yeah, that they're having. Absolutely. Um, so one of my, you mentioned my podcast, one of them is How Come, and it centers on the female orgasm because I couldn't come forever. <laughs> and I was, like, literally 27, and my sister said something about, yeah, it's really hard for me to come with people. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah. can you do it alone? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, what? <sighs> so then I started the podcast because I was like, this is crazy. I need to like kind of hold myself accountable yeah, and try harder. So every episode would be like an assignment that a guest would give me. That's amazing. Yeah. And I had to do it. And by like episode six, like I came and now the, yeah. <laughs> and now the floodgates <laughs> are open and now the podcast is more about like, well, why, why did it take so long? If clearly it was so easy, it's mostly that like the conversations weren't there for me to pick up on. Right. And you probably felt alone in that. Oh my God. I felt like the biggest fucking weirdo. I thought I was like broken. Yeah. When in reality, I have so many friends who have a lot of trouble doing. Yeah. Orgasming or any, anything like that. Like sex ed is not good. It's not about pleasure. It's about how you don't have a baby. Right. Or avoid 
an yeah. STD. And they basically just teach you about intercourse and stuff. And they tell you that guys jacking off is very normal and that guys are constantly producing sperm and stuff. Yeah. But they don't tell you that women are also just as horny and need that release. Like right. there are a lot of chemical um, benefits yeah. to having orgasms that like make your day easier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so in health class, they kind of don't do that. They just are like, if you don't want to get pregnant, like don't have yeah intercourse or like, something you know like zombies who yeah <laughs> are just there to reproduce yeah <laughs> definitely and we're not for anybody thinking yeah. like wait yeah. that's what i thought yeah what yeah we're not um so yeah it's been a really fun learning experience especially for me because i always used to think that you were you were only being sexy when you were with guys yeah like guys were sexy time but there are so many women who have never had sex with a guy that come regularly. Yeah. And you don't learn that in health class. Like, instead of them being like, hey, I know that you have sexual urges. If you'd like to get them out, get a sex toy. You don't yeah. even have to touch a boy ever. Right. You don't have to get pregnant. You don't have to get STDs. You can do it all Still yourself. get all the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And now they've got these, like, um, what's it called? electronic ones when yeah. like, people are abroad or whatever or yeah. like people in long distance relationships like just fuck you can fuck your little <laughs> pocket pussy oh yeah I've heard of yeah. this yeah. that's so interesting mm -hmm. keeping the keeping the relationship alive I guess yeah I mean I definitely I think sex is great but if you're gonna if you're trying to teach how to not get pregnant and right. still enjoy your life like where is the masturbation conversation right and it, that's probably what makes female teenage pregnancy yeah a big thing well yeah because also they're ashamed <laughs> yeah and then and the when only someone tells you you can't do something it makes you want to do it more yeah definitely and sex is like it's you're gonna be attracted to guy they yeah. just have to do better sex education it's insane it's so bad it's so bad i was talking about this yesterday with um some friends talking about in schools they just need to do better sex ed and the mental health yeah courses. definitely like, those are the two things that really go hand in hand did your parents ever give you mental health days when you were in school um yeah i would say they were pretty good with it because i know a lot of people who would be like oh i have to fake sick or whatever it is and yeah. my mom personally like would she would just be like if you ever feel like overwhelmed and like you just need a mental health day like yeah. let me know yeah or whatever and i wouldn't take advantage of it but it was when i was in like dire need or right. just like couldn't be it's the same thing as being sick yeah. Like you really do need a day to yourself. Sick in and, the head. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're so stressed as a kid going to school and having to be this perfect thing for your teachers and your mm -hmm. friends. And and everyone's always directly compared to you because you're doing yeah. the same exact thing. Yeah. It was horrible for me. I awful. hated school. Same. Hated it. Anything where everyone can see me like nine to five and like know what I'm like for like, oh, right. no, I need. I to was also not ever good in the morning. Couldn't really function that mm -mm. early, so I was just. Now school starts later apparently, which is not fair. Interesting. Yeah, my my niece is five. She's in school and she's in starting, the city, not in the city in New Jersey, but she starts later. And I was like, where was that when I was? A kid? <laughs> this is not. Did you fair. grow up in the city? I was born here, but I grew up in Greenwich. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same, I think, amount of pressure in Greenwich oh, as in the sure. city. Yeah. And that was like a whole different weird energy. Everyone's super wealthy. Yeah. And I mean, as they are in the city. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was definitely a weird comparison is such a bitch because I, I went to Riverdale, which is like a private school. And I thought I was so poor. Yeah. 
Me too. So poor. Because to- my mom would take us to TJ Maxx and nobody else was doing that. And I was like, oh my God. Like, Shout out to TJ Maxx. Love TJ Maxx. <laughs> Love it. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. <laughs> TJ Maxx in Southampton, yeah. in fact. Yeah. No, Bridge. Um, oh my God, that's a great one. I know. But she was like, you know, I'm being smart because you're a growing child. Yeah. And, and then all these other people around me are doing so. And like, oh my God. If I was anywhere else, I would have been like, I'm so rich. Right, you but, would have like uh, definitely seemed super rich to people too. That but it's that was just the same comparison. I went to public school up until yeah. up until I went to boarding school, and my mom. It was the same thing. My mom would always. She's from New York, so she would always. Come, she used to work in the city as a nurse. She would come in buy me these clothes that were very cool in mm-hmm. my eyes, but they were dirt cheap from this really tacky store that doesn't even exist. Was it anymore. called Nice Price? Because my mom no. used to get me shit from there. <laughs> no, it was time. called Joyce Leslie. Okay. I never had been there. I had no idea. It was a myst- mm-hmm. this mystical place to me. And, and she was just bringing back all these clothes. And I was, this is amazing. That's what but Nice was, Price was to me. Right. This is a way for you to keep up with your friends, but yeah. not yeah, yeah, break yeah. the bank yeah. because you are growing. Def. I, like, okay, so Nice Price, I don't know where it was, <laughs> but it, my mom discovered it during bar mitzvah year. And it was like, you needed a dress every weekend. And yeah, she was like, awful. there's no way. Like, and she would get me the sexiest, like, not like too sexy, but they were perfect for me. Right. Like there was this like sn- snake print pink one that I was like, this is the coolest thing I'll ever yeah. wear. I'd probably wear that now. I think we should find nice. It's closed, unfortunately. It's closed. But yeah. They have ones like it, I'm sure. Yeah. Still. I think that's actually the best thing our parents could have done mm-hmm. because it kind of makes you appreciate 100% things more. I was always felt a little out of out of place, I guess. Yeah. Compared to my friends, but Well, me too. And I also felt out of place with like the whole culture of yeah. exhibiting money. Yeah. And spending like especially when Instagram and shit started coming oh, out and people were just showing where they were eating and like where they were staying yeah. and like the prices of how how is this where we are? Like this is what we value. People who are literally just bragging and now I say that and I'm like so stupid because all I do as a comic is this is what I've done this yeah. week, and then and, and that. Fe- but at least like trying to do something instead of just show how yeah. cool you are. I mean, you make That's, jokes. You yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. <laughs> there are people who really just love to show off everything they own. But there's people who like to digest it. Yeah, and that's more of the issue. Is I was like, I don't get it. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and it puts you in this whole weird. That it goes back to the comparison thing. You, it puts you in this whole cycle mm-hmm. of just comparing yourself yep. to other people, and then. You go in this like dark hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing, I mean, also a big thing I think in the city and probably in Greenwich too is thinness. Yeah, of course. And everywhere you look, I don't think I've ever been fat in yeah. my life, or like I've. Uh-uh. My mom has said I've been overweight, <laughs> but never to the point that like anybody would notice. Except right. in the city, like I am a heifer, <laughs> or at least that's what <laughs> I thought. You know, like yeah. <laughs> abnormal like if you don't turn to the side and disappear like you're disgusting right if your jeans aren't like falling down on you yeah or just i have jewish hips that's no good i know and (laughs) thank god thank god now it's with the whole women's movement that's on the forefront and then the body thing is changing too it's so crazy though because i think this is like the fourth wave of feminism and my question is always where do we keep going and why does it not why why does it keep fading yeah where do we why is it ebbing and flowing when it should just be like going shouldn't just be a thing yeah 
an ever yeah. constant thing. And I know like progress isn't linear, yeah. but like this seems to keep happening. Yeah. Like where like I we guess get we used get to it complacent. Then- <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, ooh, you know, maybe yeah. it would be nice for the men to have all the jobs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I, for some reason I grew up thinking that our parents' generation was just like totally sexless. Like women didn't yeah. have rights. Thinking about like the fifties and shit. But I've spoken to a lot of older women that were like, no, that was like the set, like the sexual revolution. Yeah. Like your parents grew up in one of the, the ebbs and it's like, ah, uh, it's really strange. It's really strange. And it's kind of, a lot of it contradicts itself some women are you should make your own choices you know open your own doors but and then i'm also i want my door open for me i mean when i get in the car (laughs) really Mm, that's an example not literally but first i was thinking doors open like in business and i was like oh okay i mean that's true (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh there yes obviously it's nice when somebody gives you something because they like you but but it's that like feeling of oh do I know owe you something right you want to feel like it's just out of the goodness of someone's heart rather than or that they respect you or they think like I had a guy who was booking me on his podcast a lot like a few years ago and I was like oh my god he probably like wants to hook up with me and it's probably like this thing and then like eventually I realized he just really liked what I had to say and that was like a such a strange revelation to me because I was like sad that it's terribly sad you yeah question that yeah yeah but like it's that when Harry met Sally thing. Like, yeah. can men and women be friends? Like, I watched that recently. Did actually. you? Yeah, it's the best movie. What do you so, think? I think they can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm my co-host Jack and I are best friends. Basically, do you think Jack don't. wouldn't have sex with you though? <laughs> I don't know. I feel we'll like yeah. I feel like there's always one that would. Yeah. And if it's not you, it's the other person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. That's what I think. I feel like. It's. I think it takes a, I a special person. I have seen a lot of male-female friendships, but I don't think I've ever been a part of a... I can even think of some of my friends, and I'm like, no, they would never. And I'm like, yes, they would. Like, yeah. if I was... Or, yes, I... You know, like, there's always yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, it's, they, could, they could possibly for sure do it, but never make the move or right. like mention it. right. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. It also it's also different if you're in a relationship and that person's in a relationship and it's like But that's the other thing is like I have a lot of guy friends when I'm in a relationship because it's easy because you have a buffer and like there is no sexual tension because there can't be. Right. Exactly. Like I made a joke on Facebook once, like thanks to all of my friends for marrying the guys I know so that we don't have tension anymore. (laughs) I mean that's not untrue. (laughs) No, it's like sweet. Like I can invite you over and I don't think anything's gonna happen. Right. Which is it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that way but it should i think the problem is is that we're not equal really right right now like like one of the women i had on my podcast she escaped hasidic judaism she's a lesbian wow she's super like feminist and you know whatever except she still thinks women should be paid for by the guy Mm-hmm. more often and I was like why and she's like because it's easier for them to make money right now it just is that easier for them to get better or same jobs with higher salaries or whatever and I'd never really thought of it that way that's why there is is competition within women because we're all still kind of competing for the guy that's going to take care of us yeah 
I mean, everyone likes to be taken care of, male or female, I would right. say. But but it's the guys yeah. with the money now. Now, yeah. if it was turned, it would be the girls getting competed for. Right. And whatever. Either way. It should be weird. It would be cool. It would be really cool. It would be really sick. I mean, and it is that way. And a lot of, yeah. like, there's, I've seen a lot of, like, older women dating younger guys now, especially with, yeah. like, the Housewives franchise. Because, oh like, God. they're the ones with the power. And, like, they make their own money, finally. It's so true. Um, I feel like I have a lot of guy friends who are like, I need to marry a rich woman. <laughs> yeah. Like- I mean, everybody would like to be lazy. <laughs> right. Everyone wants to be lazy. Everybody wants to be lazy. <laughs> but once you, like, give in to your lazy, then you also kind of give up your power. Because, right. like, you're at the service. Like, I always think about like real gold diggers like Anna Nicole Smith and shit mm-hmm. that like had to fuck 80 year old men yeah and I'm like it still was kind of a job like I mean, she had to fake that too. shit she had to fuck him she or like if she if she really didn't love him or if she really did that's a, a different thing yeah. but like the emotion behind it's like a different story. you are putting in the work that someone else isn't willing to do true you know yeah and and it's interesting because it's still happening now with the sugar babies mm-hmm. and all of that saw some movie recently about it and it was it's... my friend wendy's a sugar baby she's on the first episode of my podcast really yeah um i'm so fascinated she's by amazing it. and she she really treats it as like well this is how she explained it was she the way other people use dating apps she uses sugar baby apps okay and sugar baby websites so when she's meeting these guys she genuinely does like them yeah it's just that's the level that she's dating at right. is that we have an understanding that you're going to pay for this. Yeah. But I do like you. Right. I mean, and in some way that's powerful in itself. Definitely. Like, I think if you're consciously going into it and you understand the terms, yeah. or you know what's going on, then yeah. then it's fine. I, I personally like to be treated well by a guy, but I also don't want to ever feel like I owe them anything. Mm. So I'm not one to just accept gifts. It's easily really or... hard for me to accept yeah. gifts. Like I, my ex-boyfriend bought me like this really nice wallet for Christmas one year. And I knew that I was going to break up with him and that I'd also probably like dirty yeah, and... it. So I just like returned it and dumped him. <laughs> like, I can't do this. Yeah. I was like, it's this isn't like yeah. you're being too kind. And like, I'm going to feel like I have to be with you for four more months. Right. If, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to feel guilty and you want to be, I mean, in a way, in ways I like to be with someone that I feel like I can reciprocate, even if it's not mm-hmm. monetary. Yeah. Like I want it to be in some way that they'll feel just as special or whatever. But... I like to be taken care of by like acts of service. Right. Like make me breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Yeah. And even if, you know, you take me on a trip, if it's mm. if it's something that you want to do too, not just right, you're right, gonna, right, right, right. going to hang it over my head later, then that's a different story. But I've yeah. still not had that experience. I've never dated somebody who's had like a disposable income. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, and I don't think it would go well with me. No, it's weird. I, yeah. I've dated some guys who are like, let's go to... You know what? That's not place, true. I did date one person when I got out of my... My old, my really, he was actually, he was from like a super like billionaire family and then like, yeah, like finance guy and his own, but it's so funny that I don't even factor it in because I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And he kept trying to do stuff like he'd like just like pitch these ideas that were so extravagant or whatever and I was like this is your game yeah like this is how you get girls it made me uncomfortable when it was offered especially when you don't really know someone that well I'm like why do you want to take me on this trip and also what's wrong with you that we can't just chill and me still like you yeah you don't know me yet 
How do you know I'm... I actually, oh my God, I dated another... I didn't date this guy. I went on like two dates with him, but his parents owned a massive franchise, like really? one of the you know best yeah. fried foods yeah. ever. <laughs> and um, we like hint, had a hint. date and it was so, so horrible just because he was so boring and he could tell things weren't going well. And he's like, hey, why don't we pop into this store? I like changed the layout and stuff like because it was one of the, the whatever. Yeah, he's like, what yeah. do you think? And I'm like looking at like this fast food place that like, <gasps> and like the trash bins are in the wrong place. <laughs> if you want my opinion. If you want, if you really want my opinion, which I know you don't, you yeah. just want me to be reminded that you come from money. Yeah. Which like it's so tacky. Good for you. Yeah, the world's gonna be over. We don't need people with money. We need people with survival skills. So true. Like legit. That is so true. People, most of these guys don't even know how to screw in a light bulb, which is super unfortunate. That's another I have thing. So I many light bulbs out in my room right now. You just made me feel so bad. <laughs> you need a man I need to, to get my shit together. No, I just need to go out and buy the light bulbs. Yeah, I've been putting it off for weeks. Just order them on Amazon. I'm not an Amazon. Isn't that weird? That is like, weird. Like, I like to just go to a hardware store and be like, you got this one? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's easier because then if you don't, if you get it wrong, you can send it back. I feel like I go to Home Depot often yeah. to try to do that. Yeah. But, I like that. Yeah. It's fun. Also, when you're in Home Depot, you get like so, so much inspiration. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, I want to paint a door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DIY. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make a lampshade. Yeah. How fun. My friend does that all the time. Always making things for her apartment. It's very cool. I wish I had the time, but I don't. Um, but do you do you think in school, if you were to go back and mm -hmm. create your own curriculum, mm -hmm. would you would you take a class on changing a tire? Oh yeah, <laughs> doing manual labor. If I could, yeah. yeah. I always like, wondered why we didn't do like home ec yeah. or like anything that was like a real. Real like, life skill. Real life skill. And actually, I got made fun of when I was in college because I ordered all my furniture and my mom came up and we built it all together. Yeah. And then we were in the elevator with this other girl and her family and she's like, how's your move? <laughs> and we were like, good. I was like, it's good. I just built all of my furniture. Like, I'm so proud of myself. And she was like, ew, like, why wouldn't you hire someone to do that? As, if, you're As like, if there's like no answer to that question, right. like you know why? Well, a because it builds character, and right. B because it, it costs more money. Like, why yeah. do you order something from IKEA if you're going to get somebody to build it for the same amount as the piece? I know IKEA is the cheapest place. Why would you have uh, probably more because you have to tip them too? I hated that mentality in the city, though. Yeah. I really could never respect it or get behind it. And it's cool that you built it yourself. That's. I loved it. It was I can build everything now, yeah. Steph, and I have. Yeah. <laughs> like, call me, hire call me. me. You know how Jesus was a carpenter. Yeah. I am too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I always think about what I would want my, if I was to go back to school. I would definitely want to take more life skill classes. Yeah, and finance classes. Personal I know finance. that's something I was thinking about the other day. Was my mom used to, like, because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She's mm -hmm. a school nurse now because, like, she was, like, losing her goddamn mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she would, she would always be like, don't be like me. Like, I know nothing about finances. Yeah, like, don't depend on a man. And my first thought was, no, that sounds sick. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. And, like, my husband does everything. And I didn't realize that, like, you actually, like, have to kind of defer to your husband then. Right. It, and, like, you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should know their own finances. You should know your own finance. You should be able to have, if you're going into a marriage and the man ma is making more money than you, you should be able to have your own, I think, account 
in a way, or even if you share money, but yeah, you need your own money. You to, just have to be aware need, yeah. of what some what things cost and what ha- can happen and what and, can happen. Like, you yeah. can be left with nothing if you just put all your eggs in one basket yeah. and just think everything's a fairy tale. Yeah, it's it's scary. Yeah, do you want to hear something interesting though? Yeah. So I this isn't. It's not going to be out for a while, but we interviewed somebody for season two of How Come, and uh, she's a biological anthropologist, um, and she's like the main person that Match.com like uses their like matching, like she helped build the matching system. Yeah. And she said that the divorce rate is not only plateauing, but might be going down. Interesting. Yeah, and the two contributing factors to that is that people are living longer, so we have our, we're deciding later, and so we're doing this thing called slow love, like really getting to know yeah, each other yeah. before we commit. And women are entering the workforce, which is making it an equal playing field. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That may, and do you think less people are getting married? I think. I don't know. I don't know that stat. I think they. I think it must be more actually yeah. because I've been invited to a wedding every single weekend in the last like six years. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> There's that age where people just everyone just gets married at once. Yeah, I mean it's great. I'm so happy for all of yeah. you. Yeah, love you, love you all. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it's I like, thought that was really interesting yeah. because the same way that like feminism comes and goes, mm-hmm. I didn't realize the marriage rate or the divorce rate could go down. Yeah, I thought it only goes up. Yeah, I didn't that's, know that's super interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that either because I, I thought it was going um, up. It was going up so for a long. while. Yeah. yeah, that it. Yeah, and that's what we were. Ta- oh, it goes up. Yeah, you know. Well, that's so crazy. That's it. Wow. But like, it could come down too. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I know. That kind of gives me hope. I, I know. know. I had like mild hope for yeah. a second because I feel a lot of people tend to get into a relationship and then when they're in it. And if it's for like a long period of time, there's that that pressure mm-hmm. where you're, we should probably get married because like that's the only next step in order. That's so sad. I know, and I that's what I read some article about yeah. uh, some people, more people getting divorced who have lived together already because they because they already had the honeymoon period. Yeah, and they have lived together and they kind of got used to that's right. basically being married anyway. And yeah. Then, so they could just get married and then years down the line, they're like, well, this is not That's right. what her whole slow love theory is, is like people are getting to know each other, like really learning every aspect, yeah. like moving in together, seeing how they are on a day to day. And so she's like, marriage has become instead of the beginning of the relationship, it's the end. It's so like, true. Like it's the finale. Like, really okay, is. we did all of this. Let's get married. Yeah. We're really sure now. Yeah. And like, almost even some people even have kids before they get married now and just yeah. really squeeze that in there. I kind of, I like that better. Like I was thinking about it. I was like, if I wanted one of the two, I think I would make a kid first. Cause I'm like, kid's permanent. Yeah. You know, like you have that kid. Yeah, that's true. I also was thinking about, to me, one of my friends had a baby and then got married because of the baby, mm-hmm. I guess. And that scares me more getting married mm-hmm. for the wrong reason. Yeah. And having a kid, it's okay. That You're going to love it no matter what anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's super, it's it's weird. But, I mean, that does bring me hope. 
it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's going down. I was I was just like, oh, okay, we're doomed now. Like yeah. people don't like love doesn't exist, and it's yeah. like, no. I mean, I made just... a joke the other day. I'm just so ready to get married and divorced already. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to be somebody's second yeah, wife. I it's can't gonna be wait. sick. It's gonna be amazing. You really will learn all about yourself through the first marriage. Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah. If you're only the second wife, then like you get to be special for like a second. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Just a second. Just a second. Yeah. And then until the be, third. And then you can be on a reality show like Real Housewives. I, all the Real Housewives. So good. Yeah. But that's interesting. My my half-brother um, and his wife met on Match.com. Really? Yeah. Which we, they didn't tell us until their I'll wedding. I'll thank but Dr. Fisher for that. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. <laughs> and they've been married for a while. Now they have two kids, but they're very perfect together. So I'm, I don't knock um, oh, no. I that think, process. I think that process rules in a lot of ways because it's like pairing you with people that like you might have otherwise never met yeah which is very cool yeah there was something in uh dr fisher's research about how like people used to just marry people that they met down the street that was most of our grandparents generation it's like no one left that radius yeah and now everyone's it's almost too many options yeah a little bit with all the dating apps, a little bit for sure are on like so many, and then and you can decide, like, especially like when you haven't gotten face to face with a person and yeah. you haven't like smelled them or like known if your right. pheromones like match. That is a real thing, it's yeah. a it's completely real thing. Um, but like you can have like 10 matches and you're talking to all of them at once, and then one of them can say something that like you don't totally love, but because you have no attachment to him, right. you're just like, okay, next, yeah. Where thank it's you, like, next. yeah, thank you, next. But like, what? Yeah, which in uh, like in you have any to actually like, get in person. I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the matchmaking aspect of things is probably much better than just going on a dating app because mm. when someone else is skilled in actually, but they also pairing you don't together, know. Yeah, that's true. They don't like they could give you somebody with all of like the qualities you want on paper, and then like they smell bad or so, like yeah, or, or they do something annoying, or they have some can. laugh that just is terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. Maybe speed dating is the way to try. I think to speed dating is so sick. Or Love Island reality TV, especially. I feel. I mean, there are definitely sh- podcasts on just regular television yeah. sitcoms people talk about but when you break down the reality show especially from a standpoint even talking about the mental health of these people yeah it's totally a game changer yeah there's um there's an episode of one of the guys who was on season one started a podcast mm-hmm. and he talks about all of the stuff behind set the fact that they do have therapists and yeah. that stuff because like it does people have killed themselves after love yeah. island like it's very intense being exposed on television and then having your words twisted so you have a lot of experience just talking on podcasts and all of that and you have a really good standpoint feminism thanks and i didn't always yeah i didn't know i mean it takes everyone yeah everyone has to be woke at some point yeah and you have to just like unlearn a bunch of shit that's been hammered into your head for sure. Like, I've said such misogynistic things by accident, and then I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're also, like, you have it on... It's on record. On, no, on I'll record. listen back yeah. to it, and I'll be like, Remy. Yeah. Come on now. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool that your podcast tor- sort of started as one thing and can completely go in this yeah. feminism direction, too. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's like 
more like feminism i think equals equal <laughs> equalism yeah. or whatever it's just kind of like trying to make everyone feel normal and good yeah. and like whatever you're into like you can look up your fetish and there's other people that like it too oh my god fetishes are uh, there's yeah, a fetish for everything everything and like it used to be like this like like even masturbating was yeah. like this like a lot of girls have written me being like because I masturbate all the time now because I'm I've been so bottled up that yeah. like I discovered my way and I'm yeah. I'm doing it and the girls have written in being like oh my god I feel so much better like being a horny pervert right because of what you said or whatever yeah. I didn't know You're other like, girls like to masturbate yeah yeah and there was a guy uh, my friend Ian Fidance is like by and uh, this guy wrote in after his episode. He's like, yeah, he just made me feel really normal. I'd never heard like such like a a manly bi person before. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool because I think a lot of there's such a stigma against women being sexual. Mm-hmm. And there are some women who just I have friends who are just super sexual and they just will they channel it wherever they want. And to, there's but, a lot of men that are not sexual. Right. There's a lot of men that have to have an emotional connection to someone to even have sex or they just aren't like. Most of the guys I've dated, I've been the one with more drive in the relationship. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And I thought that that was so crazy because growing up, like, you see all these sitcoms that, like, women don't like to fuck and, like, the wife is always pretending to sleep because she doesn't want to fuck. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be the best girlfriend and wife and whatever. And and you're also taught that every guy wants to fuck all the time. And, like, I had these two guys who are both in their 50s on the podcast and they were like, that always felt very annoying to me because I'd meet girls for a date and then I'd be expected to sleep with them because yeah. like I'm there and I would feel unmanly if I didn't like nobody should Which be is, pressured to be one way or the other just right. because like it says like well men are sexy and women aren't like that's just not true yeah yeah it's very it's really fascinating actually because I feel mentioned I mean if we knew that even going into a date yeah that he necessarily doesn't want to have sex on the first date you'd be so much more chill so much more chill there'd be so much less yeah. oh my god is he gonna try and sleep with me I don't want to sleep with him on the first date or yeah this and that yeah that's, that's very interesting I mean the whole sex in itself I took sexuality and and society class in college oh and my I, god it was so fascinating because I mean my teacher she was um she did her whole, whole thesis as like a stripper okay so she was a stripper and wrote a book yeah. and all this stuff and she just talks about um i think she's also bisexual but she ended up marrying one of our professors from mm-hmm. from school and she was just awesome she taught us so much about how taboo sex was and mm-hmm. how underlying sexuality is and everything yeah and just hilarious things about men who wrestle and do these mm. activities together. She's like, it's so homoerotic and no one yeah. realizes. All of ancient Rome was based on homoeroticism. Yeah. Was, do you know what pederasty is? No. Okay, so pederasty is a practice that they used to do. It's like Plato and Socrates and shit would have um, like an apprentice that they would yeah. teach their trade and then also they'd fuck. I have heard of this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like it was like a thing. And it was, and like then it was normal. Like, it was normal. And then it was like, yeah, and women are for reproducing. Yeah. They just had fun and did what they wanted. But yeah. Yeah. And then we learned a lot about Freud and oh, yeah. the whole subconscious and all of that. And that was really that was cool too but it's the same thing there is a stigma and no one's talking about it mm-hmm. so if your podcast focusing on sex the same thing oh, as yeah. head case is just, 
talking about mental health and yeah, how yeah, it's yeah. stigmatized too. So hundred. I mean, I grew up with one parent who would always be like, "I didn't have ADD." Yeah, you know, like as if it was like this like terrible thing, right? Just because that's what they were taught. Yeah, you know, but like. And like therapy is like unheard and of. And therapy is, oh, they're shrinking your heads. Yeah. And whatever. Which I do think that we have a very bad pharmaceutical problem in the Absolutely. in the country where people are being overprescribed and stuff. And also therapists sometimes take advantage. And like I stopped going to some people sometimes because I'm like, you're trying to make me crazier than I actually am. And you yeah. just want me to pay you more. Yeah. And like, I'm not here for that. It's so true. A lot of people push labels on people. Yeah. And- diagnose them as yeah. things that they're not necessarily or because it is such a spectrum of what people really have mm-hmm. and no one really no one really understands it even uh, unless the you're like a doctor should doctor should they really should and it it's just about taking the time to actually find out it should be a long process to find out if someone is bipolar or yeah. has these issues that you can't just be like, oh you seem like this so let's just throw this label on you well, a lot of people, I mean, who yeah. aren't doctors will always do that. Yeah. Housewives all the time throwing allegations. Totally. Being like, you're a drug addict. Yeah. And and like, you're suicidal right. and shit. And, but also, okay, wait, so do you watch OC? Yes. Are yeah. you watching this season? Wait, OC. Oh, of yeah, Housewives. of course. Of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So Shannon is like a big topic because everyone's been talking about like, oh, maybe is she not mentally sound? Is right. she okay? How's her mental health or whatever? And all of the women are coming at it from a place of worry and like friendship or whatever. Yeah. And then Shannon gets so offended. Yeah. How dare you say that I might not be mentally well and whatever. And it's like, well, how dare you say that that's something to be offended by? Right. Because you've gone through a huge trauma in your life. Yeah. And it would kind of be strange if you weren't affected by it. It would be more concerning. It would be more if concerning. You weren't having like a mental breakdown at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, I really don't like her reaction to it. I'm not mental. I'm like I'm mentally unstable, and right. I take care of it. And right, it's, that's the whole part of being mental healthy is like yeah. you take care of it. And saying you're mentally unwell doesn't mean you're forever broken. unfixably broken. Right. It's you're you went through something. You have to heal it. What or, you went through, or you're chemically unbalanced. That's right. how you were born, and you need to adjust your levels sometimes, yeah. and you need to watch it and and manage it. Yeah, I think it's all about self awareness. She's clearly not self aware in mm-hmm. the fact that she has whatever issue she has and then even if other people recognize it if the person's not going to recognize it then it's really hard to help someone yeah once you're self-aware and you're yeah i have these problems i get anxious or i i you know so drunk yeah like whatever all of my friends whenever i see them yeah that's not normal behavior You're clearly bottling something up. Yeah. And, and if you want that to be your normal behavior, that's strange. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it is definitely, there is still the stigma, especially, I mean, reality television has probably made it like reinforce the stereotype that, I mean, I don't know if maybe the Real Housewives have made things harder for women in some I ways. I don't know. I mean, they do happen to show a lot of therapy sessions yeah. on Bravo shows, which I'm always like, that's, you You shouldn't be in it the room. It should never be that. Yeah. Because it should always be private. It should be private. It should, like, actually, like, because that's not, is that going to help you? Yeah. I don't know. 
And I, I think it's not real. Yeah. It's and then it gives one like, issue they want to talk about with the, even if it's couples therapy. It's just bizarre. I'm thinking about Bethany and Jason. Like that entire yeah. show was just like therapy. And I was like, well, therapy's a crock, clearly. Yeah. Because that's another thing. And probably generationally, people who've hated therapists before. Yeah is because the way therapists used to practice yeah. was not necessarily how they practice today. And you it really takes finding a therapist that works for you. So mm-hmm. if this if we're seeing something on TV with a couple, you're watching the show religiously, and this couple, you're rooting for them to work out, and they don't work out, yeah. and, and you, you blame the therapist or something, yeah. it's not necessarily the therapist's fault. Yeah, also, they probably can't recast the therapist because they're like, we already shot a few yeah. episodes. We don't have to explain <laughs> the fact that you don't really vibe. Right. It's it's weird. And have I'm interested to maybe have someone that on here because I I'd like to know why the therapists themselves decided they would go on reality TV. I don't and, think any doctor that says that they're willing to go on reality TV should have their license. Right. Honestly. I feel like that's first of all, it's supposed to be completely private they're not supposed yeah. to disclose anything but you're oh sure i can share my sessions with you fuck the hippocratic oath no it doesn't exist because there's a camera in the room yeah yeah i don't that's that's when i start to get wary about psych i mean there's good people and bad people in every business and yeah. shit and it's those that i'm like ah, like you're just you're here for fame. You're not yeah. even here for like your client's well being. Like, yeah. I mean, how can you not be distracted by a camera? Yeah. In your face, uh. people twisting your words, and they're also editing your sessions. So you're not even getting right. like, the full right, right, right effect. Yeah. But yeah. It's very interesting. I definitely, I kind of started when I had a concussion and then was healing. Mm-hmm. I sort of was watching a lot of Bravo. And I think that's what, like I got into it more this year than any other. I because love it so much. Yeah. It's so good. Even, I, I even make my mom watch it and she thinks it's so stupid, but you get into it. You can't help it. Mm-hmm. You just get involved in the characters and then their lives yeah. and they're not characters they're people, they're people but you think they're characters i know some of the love island people have started following on instagram, our instagram yeah and like i'm talking to one of them i'm like i can't believe they're real yeah like no those are care right what it's it's really interesting i mean but that's another thing is it's so easy for people just to make comments and Mm-hmm. cyber bully basically these people who thinking that they're not actually real people because yeah. they're so extreme sometimes that you almost can't even believe someone would do the things that they do on television during my concussion I was watching it a lot and I think I was just it made me look at everyone on the show in such a different way because mm. when I was going through like anxiety and depression I was like oh these people are just super unstable yeah. in some ways yeah. and then some are super put together and fine but they just all fight because they don't know how to talk to each other yeah it's nuts yeah um so how did how did your concussion happen i fell walking to work um just completely tripped and landed on my chin it was very yeah i didn't break anything but it was all the impact was in my head instead yeah it was crazy but it all i don't know my my therapist after um was sort of I think you were gonna fall either literally or metaphorically at mm. some point because you were sort of juggling all these things yeah and then it sort of turned out to be like silver lining in the end I think because I got to know myself more than mm-hmm. ever and I also worked on myself so much and then 
And I realized how unhappy I was, but like functioning at right. a high level right. of unhappiness yeah. for so long. I think I did that for the majority of my life. Yeah. And I had like, I've had bouts of depression since I was like 11, mm-hmm. like for like maybe a month to like sometimes two months or whatever, yeah. like, or as short as a week, but it would happen a lot of times. And then I would get accustomed to it and then I would get over it. Yeah. And I never really treated it until like a few years ago yeah. I started going to a psychiatrist a different one who I actually liked because like all the ones I went to when I was younger like nobody got me and like, right. I wasn't comfortable so I finally found one that I really enjoyed because I was just at the end of my rope I was like I am gonna fucking kill myself like yeah I am so depressed I just don't want to be here anymore yeah and my mom was like all right go see this woman and it took her like six sessions to get me okay with the idea of taking antidepressants. Yeah. Because I was so... I had this idea hammered into my head that the more medicine you need, like, the worse you are. Yeah. And then then also, like, like, the more money you're going to have to make eventually because, like, that's who you are now. You know, like, yeah. And it's just going to compound and make life harder. And I also had, like, this, like... I just didn't want to be like the depressed girl or the girl on antidepressants. You stigmatized yourself. Yeah. 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 And um, she said to me, she was like, Remy, what you're trying to do getting through life is like somebody trying to climb Everest with ankle weights on. She goes, take your ankle weights off. Right. And I was a break. Yeah. I'm so I'm all for medicine. I mean, in reality, yes, it would be great to be able to do things without medicating yourself yeah but people if it actually does help Mm -hmm. then why not yeah and and i try not to use it as a crutch like i i do i'm on lexapro and i try to take it in like six month intervals where like because six six months is the time that you can stop taking it and it's already gone into your system and you can like feel normal and maybe it's leveled you out yeah and you can you know fly it bridges that yeah gap and then if you need it again you go back on yeah. but like yeah i don't it doesn't it shouldn't feel like a life sentence it really shouldn't and it's it's interesting because people don't there's so much about people just don't get what depression isn't just a thing a mood you have no. one day it's a thing you're carrying with how you. annoying when people go why are you depressed right I don't know. Right. Nothing's actually wrong usually. Yeah, like I just want I'm, to die. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I just do feel this way. And yeah. And I mean, literally it's neurons in your brain are shutting down. So yeah. they have they actually have all these new treatments now for they have this one that you can it's this little helmet you wear. Mm. It's not really known yet by people, but it sends these electro magnetic waves i guess to the neurons that have shut down and basically like wake up right it's almost a defibrillator for interesting for that and they they said that it's worked people have seen results instantly oh i love that and that's the thing is a lot of people it's hard when when people are feeling a certain type of way but then you give them options mm-hmm. for, to help themselves mm-hmm. and they, they're just so stubborn about oh, yeah. doing it where it is, it took six sessions to get you to yeah. take medicine. And the thing is your therapist probably had to teach you what actually taking this medicine is going to do. Definitely, People take medicine, don't even understand why they're taking it or what they're taking. And yeah. you have to fully understand every aspect of right. what your diagnosis is. And yeah. 
and once you learn that then you're much, much you're much better, better off. off. Yeah. Right. And you and you you're can not possibly, fixed. You're never right. going to be fixed and that's something to like I think is a an important thing to note because I used to see it as like kind of like a failure thing like yeah. oh like you have to like maintain this thing and the second you fall below it like like no you can always like just get back up. Yeah. Like if you're feeling you know you ate too much one day it's okay. Yeah. Don't, don't throw everything away. Like, right. just figure, be healthier tomorrow yeah, or right. something. Like, it's not like a loss means forever you're a loser. Yeah. You have the ability to improve. I think people have that mentality far too much. I definitely do. I'm very black and white. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was when I was younger. Now I'm like getting better at it. Yeah. But. I mean, even you think about all the gym memberships that start after New Year's, Eve, New Year's Day mm-hmm. and then they just fall out. Mm-hmm. And it's people just, they're like, well, I didn't do this so there's no point literally said to my boyfriend the other day i was like cleaning out my closet and i was like babe i have an entire drawer of gym clothes and i haven't worked out in four years like (laughs) should i just like throw them all out he was like you could work out like once a month (laughs) if you want to like we could go today it doesn't have to be like all or nothing like you don't that's the thing a lot of people are very all or nothing yeah our society right now, especially, loves instant gratification and instant oh, yeah. results. Yeah. So when it's not an instant thing, people just don't think it works. Yeah. When it really just takes hard work. It's just anything else. If you take a pill and you expect to work instantly, like maybe Xanax is the only thing that is instant mm. <laughs> pretty much. But it's never going to be like an instant thing because you still you can't just expect a pill to change no. everything. It will help. You're still you. You're still you. You and have you to have kind of like reprogram yourself. Right. Or at least, like, hold yourself accountable for more yeah. stuff. So that's what happened to me with my concussion. I was, I hadn't even realized that I had all this anxiety mm-hmm. and kind of even OCD and these little things that would bother me. And it, once I hit my head, it would kind of unraveled everything. Mm-hmm. So so they, they, they told me, you know, taking medicine and doing these kind of things, therapy will... It'll, it'll help heal it yeah. to a point where you can function again without medicine because mm-hmm. if you were able to do it before like, there's no there's no telling that you can't do it again but I also ha- was completely unself-aware of my of that aspect of myself so of which aspect of just being that anxious I, okay sure. I think I I would go through those moments of okay I'm really depressed for a few mm-hmm. few days or whatever and then you brush it off because i people even use the word depressed way too much so casually as if right and it's like no i literally can't get out of bed i can't feed myself i can't brush my teeth it's a i don't want to come up with a different word to come to describe feeling down one day sense of ennui yeah because everyone everyone feels that way and that's why everyone has these moments of being depressed i'm sure whether it's from a traumatic experience happening to them or whatever it is everyone feels failure and loss at some point in their life yeah. you're gonna feel sad and, yeah and but there's there is a definite difference in in feeling sad for a reason versus feeling sad and you don't really understand yeah. why and you just nothing cheers you up or makes you yeah. makes it better but i had a boyfriend once be like yeah he's like i've been sad but i've never been depressed and i was like well thanks for saying that <laughs> like you really do understand no yeah. I, I i was no. like you you get that you don't get it yeah 
And he's aware of it. Yeah. That takes the self-awareness, yeah. which is interesting. And it and it really can come out at any point in your life. So when people are like, oh, I'm fine. I'm super happy. I'm like, yeah. just wait. It could happen just like wait. tomorrow. Yeah. You never know. Like, really, Stay tuned. It just takes whatever pressure is happening in your life at that point to kind of trigger whatever is going on that yeah. you don't even know. Yeah. It's very interesting. I know. I, How has it been being... A comedian and being depressed and being depressed. I mean, there, um, there also is this whole like you know no, stigma I know that and stereotype all, that you're all yeah. depressed. Um, it's been great. <laughs> um, I really like it. I I like having the knowledge that if something is very sad, at least I can turn it into something funny. Right. That's great. But I did watch Nanette this year. Do you know the special Nanette? No, I don't. So Hannah Gadsby is a stand-up comedian in New Zealand. Um, she won stand-up special of the year. Okay. There was a lot of controversy. The special was called Nanette. Um, because most people were like, but it's not that funny. And it's really not. Right. Um, it is the funniest TED Talk you'll ever watch. Right. But essentially, it's a TED Talk about stand-up, and it is poignant as fuck, and I learned so much from it. And one of the things in it was she was like, I learned that you don't have to drive yourself insane. You don't have to be depressed to be an artist. Yeah. You can pull stuff from other things in life. Like, right. You don't it need to, have to be from make yourself suffer. I used to, I used to like, if I was hooking up with like a fuck boy or something, like, I'd be like, I could shut it down or I could go for more content. And I know, yeah. like, you don't need to put yourself in right. those situations. You don't need to be miserable. Happily to- married people have <laughs> very funny, like, bits on their husbands yeah. and wives and children. And, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And you, sometimes that's better and funnier yeah. whatever whatever's like the most authentic too yeah but it's that pressure or not the pre- but the idea that you have to be depressed or mentally right. ill in order to create like yeah. you don't like it happens to be that a bunch of depressed people did use humor as an outlet yeah maybe that's because they didn't have anything else to do like right. take medicine or right. whatever but you don't need it right and you shouldn't just be like oh, i'm depressed it's fine okay this will be great for content yeah you don't have to be a tortured artist necessarily. I literally, my succeed. sister would say it all the time. She's like, why are you doing this to yourself? I'm like, for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, people love, I, I personally love someone who's like self-deprecating and, mm-hmm. you know, can turn a horrible thing into some, make yeah. light of it in some way. Yeah. But it is, it is true. You don't need to have. You don't need to have had a traumatic thing happen to Mm-mm. you in order to be successfully funny no. or successful. And actor you don't need to put yourself like... in situations that are going to make it worse yeah. just so you can get content out of it. Right. I literally. So, I mean, this isn't it's kind of similar, but I met Colin Quinn when I was like 18. Uh-huh. I was like wasted down yeah. by the comedy cellar. <laughs> and I was like, Colin Quinn, like you're a legend. And I like hugged him and he was like, oh, you want a picture? And I was like, honestly, I was like, I need advice. <laughs> I was like, I want to do stand up. And I was like, but I don't have any good stories. Yeah. And he goes, do you have embarrassing stories? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, tell those. Yeah. That's so awesome. Wasn't that great? But it also, he didn't say like, are you depressed? Right. You, it's just like, what was like slightly off that yeah. like you can fuck with? Yeah. People just like honesty and they yeah. like. Even on Instagram just, now. Yeah. People know that they're like, people are so contrived and stuff. Right. Memes. Yeah. Everyone can relate to them because they're just, 
it's so it's honest. Yeah, it's yeah. so honest. Yeah. And you find that humility. Like, oh, everyone's that way. Oh, other people are like this yeah. too. I didn't realize that I was the only like was it's the only person. It's just about like being observant and yeah. then and then talking about it. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. And making people feel normal and good. Yeah. It's nice. And then laughing. I wish I had people to make me feel normal <laughs> yeah. and good. I mean, I did. Ellen DeGeneres, I loved her when yeah. I was growing up. I was Love. Like, but then I was like, well, she's a, a lesbian and I'm not. Right. So I'm you, not going to yeah, be able like, to you be don't a have comic. To, right. You like can't, you can't think that just because someone is, has their own, you ha, you are unique in your own mm-hmm. right. You have, you have every right to be on the stage I didn't As think so. Else. Yeah. I didn't think so, especially coming from like a private school background and stuff. I'm like, you didn't get any, you didn't do right. anything to be where you are. Right. It's like being a rapper and there didn't come from the streets. You didn't come from, like, yeah. you don't have to. Post Malone didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. He came from a very nice background. Yeah. So, and he has but great I think music too. If you so. do that, you have to be honest about it. Right. I hate the people who are like, fake hipsters right oh i'm so broke and whatever and so broke means you have three thousand dollars in your bank account or you have a trust fund yeah or you have a trust yeah decide not to use right now yeah you're just banishing your family or something exactly yeah yeah um but i'd always be like who how do people get like this confidence that other people want to listen to what they have to say on stage yeah like, where do they get that from? Like, there are still men that have been, that I've seen it around comedy and they've been doing it for t- like 10, 12 years yeah. or whatever. And they still think they deserve to be here and they still think they're funny and that people should listen to them. And it's been proven that they're not funny, right. but they have that confidence. And I'm like, right. oh, I want- it's all about confidence. Yeah. It really is. It, you can be the most messed up person and you can be not funny, you could be hilarious, but mm-hmm. if you have confidence on the stage, if you don't have that confidence, people are not gonna... Mm-hmm. Even the people who shtick is that they're shy, Yeah, they're confident in that performance. Right. They're very... If you can get up on stage at all, you've made it past most people's ability to be able to like, ever open stand up yeah. no you should try. I have so many comedian friends I know <laughs> I was gonna say like I, I can't believe nobody's ever like forced you to a mic I know I should try it one day um but it's so one scary of our friends just started really yeah and he like will send me he'll be like I'm going to a mic today I'm like what time where and he's oh like I'm not telling you because you're not coming oh my god he's like, <laughs> like I'm not yeah, ready people yet. get scared to do it in front of yeah. people they know yeah especially. yeah 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 so interesting but yeah i mean i definitely i i've acted and i've done all that and yeah. everything okay but yeah i mean i, I but it's even, a different thing when you're like my thoughts yeah this room should shut up and listen yeah, to me because you could put on like a persona but it's still you it's still something that you that came out of your brain right hopefully hopefully right. you're not stealing from and somebody else right and sometimes it's it's completely improvised because you're working off the audience or whatever it is yeah. Oh my God. The people that can do that. Like Jay Okerson is the best at crowd work. It's, he literally doesn't plan anything sometimes. It's amazing. It's amazing. I saw, um, who did I see recently? Do you know Rami? Rami Youssef? Yeah. Oh my God. He's one of my besties. So I just met him, but I saw his, uh, stand up the other couple weekends ago yeah. and he, he, there was a girl in the crowd who was just the worst yeah. and he worked with her yeah. so well that my friend with me thought that she was planted there. Well, he's a sweet soul, too. Yeah. He knows people. Yeah, he was really good. He's we, really great. He was my, Do you want to hear something funny? Sure. It's funny that you brought up Rami because 
one time I was at the stand and I was talking to um, one of my girlfriends about not being able to have orgasms. Uh-huh. And I said, I guess too loudly, I just feel defective. I feel like I'm broken or whatever. Oh. And Rami overheard me and he goes, Remy, why do you feel like that? Why do you feel like that? You're oh. not like, what's going on? And I That's was like, so sweet. I was like, I can't come. I've never come, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, Oh my God. He's like, you need to look into this. Like, this isn't cool. Like, yeah. you deserve this. You're great. You're not broke. Like, right. he was so great to me. Also, <laughs> sorry, you, I just called him, what did I say? Rami? I don't even Whatever. Yeah. Rami, Rami. Rami. Um, no, he was Rami. Really, and my friend came with me. Um, I had three friends with me, and my friend came who hates stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. She's not into Love it at those all. people. Love it. Yeah. And she literally was, he was the funniest one. And he's amazing. And, was so good that she you made me like stand up comedy for the amount of time that you were on stage and I don't like it and she's like, I don't buy it. I think it's stupid and all this stuff and I'm just you're so great. Yeah. <laughs> no, he really he is. He was like so you're my great. favorite kind of person. Yeah. If you can turn someone around who doesn't even like stand up comedy then you've done a good job. It's like flipping someone's sexuality. Yeah. It's like I'm not gay but for you for you <laughs> yeah. I would go that way. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. So I I mean even introducing you as a female comic. I in the know. Beginning, I was like, so like, you're like, wait, Steph. what? I know. But if you think about it. Like, I don't even, but that's how they do it on stage. Sometimes. Yeah. This next lady, she's a great female comic. And yeah. it's like, you're going to see me yeah. soon. Well, also like they can't see your face. I just wanted to be clear. Everyone oh, knows Remy is like, hi. Girl. And my voice is yeah. soy manly. She's a pretty girl. Um, but no, yeah, yeah, obviously, um, <laughs> you're very much feminine, but, um, in acting and stuff, they they got rid of actress, right? And you just say she's right. an actor. It's like she's a comedian. Yeah, but, I know some people like to spell comedian. Yeah, I'm like, throw that shit away, comedian. Oh people actually spell it that way. Comedian. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes, not everybody. It's just, it's just stupid. But yes, apologies for it's okay. introducing you. That it's way. okay. Um, but <laughs> just so you have to say clear. say shit. In order to learn shit. Absolutely. You know, like, I hate when people are like, how dare you if you say something fucked up? Like, it's like, maybe give them another option. Right. If they're very resistant, then how dare you? Right. If they're not, then it's like, a lesson. It's habits, too. It's habits. They were mine as well. Yeah. I know. You get used to, even in reading things, if you, I worked for a magazine that was like all about actors, Mm -hmm. comedians and all that, and actors the, access it no, was <laughs> backstage actually. backstage yeah. but you had kind of even i was doing social media and marketing with them but you really have to use your words wisely oh yeah especially when it comes to um genders and all yeah. of that because people just you don't know what people some people like to be called actress and yeah and that kind of thing so it's it's interesting but there's also and it's not the norm definitely but there's a lot more trans people and non-binary people yeah uh performing to the point to the fact that like i'll just say this next comedian's great you're gonna love them yeah that's it like because you, you don't know. have to ask about pronouns one of my friends his favorite thing is he, he'll tell the host don't mention that it's a guy just say you love them yeah give it up for courtney yeah and then you expect it's going to be this little white girl and he's a black dude and yeah. he's like ha <laughs> yeah gotcha gotcha yeah <laughs> no but that's cool that i mean i think those labels should definitely be thrown out so yeah i yeah yeah i mean there definitely is some like we were talking about how it is different to be a female yeah. comic or it has been different but 
I kind of want to stop talking about how it has been and just talk about like how it is now so that like the next generation of girls coming up, they don't expect all that shit that it's like. Like, I thought coming into it, oh, it's going to be a boys club. You're always going to feel left out. Like, no one's ever going to find you funny. I have so many great girlfriends in comedy. When I go to mics, sometimes I even feel like the boys are outnumbered. Yeah. And, like, the point isn't to be like, oh, now don't laugh at their jokes. It's like, let's all just be, like, inclusive and nice to each other and come up together. Yeah, I can see it it just, it's... It should just be an equal playing field. Yeah. Like you're you're learning from each other, too. Mm-hmm. It's not... It shouldn't be this whole boys on one side, girls on another. <laughs> no, because the people that actually have, like, good sense of humor, they're going to laugh at the funny jokes. Yeah. That's what I love about stand-up is it is so fucking democratic. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you fucking got there. Right. It doesn't matter what you did They before. don't care who you are. In that moment, is the audience laughing or not? Right. Then you're funny. And that's all that matters. Yeah. The laughs. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the marvelous of Mrs. Maisel? Oh yeah, so good. Yeah, um, she is adorable. Two of my friends were just on the second season. Really? Yeah. I have to watch the second yeah. season. I know it just came out, but yeah, Esther Steinberg. You can check her out on my podcast. So too. good. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just that's like the perfect. That show came at the perfect time too. It's just mm-hmm. the perfect show, and especially like I was saying, I didn't have any, you know people to look to that were like me yeah Maisel comes from a Jewish New York City affluent background yeah. where it, like I don't know if that woman actually existed because yeah. I never saw her and she made you know she made light of a situation that sucked for her mm-hmm. but she was she's still weird she has this uh, amazing energy about her that's even when she's upset she's not that upset like, yeah. I don't even think she cried when her husband left well, in the first season. Like, she also, she... they have this, like, obviously gender roles in the 50s were insane. Yeah. Like, when I think about the mask that she puts on for her husband, the fact that she wakes up earlier than I him know. to put on and her mom does makeup, the same thing. And her mom does the same thing, and that's just what you did. I'm like, damn, that is so much work for this yeah. loser who's less funny than you. Right, and he's not even he's not e- anything he's special. He's nothing, yeah. I know, it's amazing. And she's so supportive of him and everything, counting his laughs and all of that. I but, know. Yeah, and it turns out she's the witty one who's I know. just much better. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely the whole... That, that show is just a perfect example of she's so great everything yeah in gender roles and yeah the working field and you've got that woman from the lizzie mcguire movie yeah oh my god (laughs) i don't even know her name but she's so good in that show i do know her name and i've totally forgotten it but she also plays miss swan on mad tv yeah Alec Bornstein, yeah. yeah, and she's the voice of Lois on Family yeah. Guy. She kills she's it, so good, yeah. so so good, yeah. But yeah, I loved, I love that show. It's and it's also filmed sort of a play, almost. Is it? In the I way, didn't notice that. Yeah, in the way that they the camera moves, I notice it's very theatrical. Her relationship with Lenny Bruce in that yeah. interested me because that's a very like, oh, we're just friends. Yeah, nobody wants anything from yeah. the other one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I haven't seen season two. Me yet, neither. So. Me neither. I just saw like the screen caps. Of, yeah. Like this was me in this scene, and I'm like, oh, sick. Yeah. I mean, it that it shows like amazing. I really would. Is it? It's not a true story, is it? No. No. That no. would be great if it was. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like there weren't those people to look to because I don't think they actually yeah. existed until like I think Schumer's the first girl from like Long Island. Yeah. To and like, it's interesting. Um, the. You you know uh, what's her name Jane, 
Jane Lynch. Yeah. She her part in that in that show and she's this whole character mm. actor and then a I character comedian and then she goes to her house and then they have tea and she's so insanely proper. Oh, like, yes, yes, yes. Remember yeah. Was, like yeah. fur and everything. Well, the first okay, so when I was in like ninth grade, um, I had a best friend whose dad was one of the lawyers for HBO. Yeah. And he knew that I like liked comedy. And he took me and my friend to Lewis Black's taping oh, wow. of his first special. And it was so sick. And then afterwards we went to the after party and you know Lewis Black is like, yeah. everything, fuck you, and fuck yeah, yeah, this, yeah. and everything's fucked up, and whatever. Yeah. And then he came over to us, and he shook my hand, and he was like, did you like the show? <gasps> oh, my God. And I was like, like, who the hell are you? Yeah. You just Superhero takes everything. off his mask. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But, I mean, that – I wonder if it's just because they – they find being this character really funny or if it's because they're I think afraid. it's a part of their personality yeah. that needs to be amplified because it's yeah, funny. That yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. I'm wondering it's they could be afraid to be completely themselves on stage they have to put on this front yeah. or... If I was completely myself on stage, I don't think it would be fun. Right. I mean, you definitely have to... <laughs> you have to... That's why so many comedians can be actors and yeah. vice versa because you can really... Once you just... You're comfortable on stage. You can improvise, but you can also yeah. kind of tweak it and jazz it up, even yeah. if it's not fully you. I had an aunt say to me, though, she goes, <laughs> she goes, I could never do what you do. And I was like, what? And she's like, like, I couldn't just like pick up a microphone and just like talk and have it be funny. And I'm like, you know, that's not what I do, right? Like, I write jokes. Yeah. Like, it's not just me like... So it's Tuesday. Yeah. And, and like, this is what happened. This is what I had for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. No, that there's a lot like, of work. No one could do that. Yeah, there's That's a lot of work crazy. that goes into yeah. it. Um, and you're also talking to an audience. It's not like you're having a one-on-one conversation with a friend and it's Mm-mm. a funny conversation. You actually have to make it work. Yeah. So it, 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 there's a, definitely like, a lot of If I was that good at conversation, yeah. like we would talk a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would be talking every day. Yeah. Um, but that's really cool that you're doing that and you're doing really well. Trying. You're getting there. Trying my little tush off. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really competitive industry. It is. But if there is, you know, if the world ends, at least I'll be doing what I wanted. Right. Like I look around and I'm like, I can't believe I'm hanging out with some of these people. Do you think Instagram's a better tool for you now versus Mm. not having an Instagram for comedy I don't think it's great for my brain either way yeah um either you don't like me or you don't like my brand and either way that reflects on me um and I'm not good at social media and it really is difficult for me and I I know no I know why because a lot of social is um what's it called liking other people's shit I'm too busy looking at mine (laughs) it's true so yeah I'm not good at it but it's hard. All of my it, fans are real fans. I yeah. didn't get them with bots. Which is great. Which is sick. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what counts anyway. That's, that's all that counts. Yeah. Grow that following and everything. Um, yeah. Social media is a really hard, hard one to tackle. You really but that to... can be really fun. To, right. Like, like I didn't honestly know that I was funny to a lot of other people until Twitter. And then I start yeah. putting out like random little ideas. And, I, and the same thing with the memes. It's yeah. like, oh, wait, this is... You find Other people, people from like everywhere. Similarity. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. And then it's, it kind of coaxes you out yeah. of like, listen, like you can do this. It's the dating app thing. You find people from all over yeah. that you normally wouldn't have met. Yeah. 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 So. 100%. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for I having me. I definitely want to have you back. I know. I need to come we'll, back. We'll have we you have back so when much Jack's to on. I know. We have so much more to discuss. Also, um, Vanderpump just started the season, and it's going to be wild. We should definitely... I should definitely pepper in, like, an episode about reality television every like, few weeks. Definitely. Everyone will appreciate that, Because all the... Ins- like, do you know why we like reality shows? Because yeah. we're looking at people who are crazier than yeah. we are. Crazier than we are, or a mirror image of Or ourselves. exactly <laughs> us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, great. We'll have you back on. Awesome. Um, if you Jack. <laughs> if you guys want to find me yes. online, um, I'm Remy Casimir on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, on those same platforms, you can find How Come Podcast um, at How Come Podcast. And we really love Island. Yay. We really love Island. Follow her, and we will also find out if she has any stand-up going on. Oh, yeah. And They're all on my social. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Love all you. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>